The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Why do you suppose the city has embraced you like this? I think for the same way that I embraced it, um, for me, I wanted toughness and effort and attitude and all of those things to be hallmarks in my career. And I think very early, the people here saw it or sensed it in me, and I sensed it in them. And you know, when kindred spirits, you know, kind of come together, it's uh, it's it's a great match. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that will send Kyle Williams off into the sunset and try not to get choked up in the meantime. I'm your host, Nate. And this is our Kyle Williams Tribute Edition podcast, where we will discuss the retirement of Buffalo Bills defensive tackle Kyle Williams after 13 seasons. And oh yeah, just, you know, some game also happened today, you know, something happened, there's another game played. Um, <laughs> Mike is in Florida and couldn't make it tonight, but I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, uh, we missed you, we we didn't get a chance to talk to you the last couple of podcasts, it's great to have you on for this uh, Kyle Williams tribute edition. Are you ready to talk about one of the most beloved Bills in our generation and his retirement? Absolutely. Good to be back. Let's go, Bills. All right, man. Cool. Cool. So question of the day, and this isn't more of a question. It's kind of just just kind of a thought, is how smart of it was, how smart was it of Kyle Williams to announce his retirement before the game today? Because, you know, we've talked on this podcast and we've kind of discussed whether he was going to retire after this season or not. And we were all kind of thinking he would. And I didn't know if he was going to drag out into the offseason. But isn't it so much smarter of him to, like, actually give himself a farewell tour of today's game? Because he announced earlier this week that he was going to retire. Now, if he had let it, you know, kind of waffle into the offseason and maybe decided then, then it would just kind of be this weird presser in the offseason, you know? Whereas this time, he kind of got a chance to say goodbye to the staff, his teammates, the fans. I mean, it was almost perfect, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it being a home game, it kind of just 
played out perfectly in that regard. Um, yeah, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, same here. Same here. Now, does does Kyle Williams, next question of the day, I've got like three of these. Um, does Kyle Williams become the next Bill's wall of famer, in your opinion, John? Uh, I definitely think he should be on the wall, for sure. I, I'm not sure if they do like a waiting period like they do for the Hall of Fame, for the Wall of Fame. Yeah. Um, like, I know the Hall of Fame is five years. Um, but yeah, he should definitely be on it. Yeah, I'm just wondering. He he will absolutely be on. I don't think there's any question that he'll be on it. I guess I'm just not sure if he'll be the next one. I don't know how long it takes. And I think you were mentioning before the podcast. What is it? Cookie Gilchrist was just put into the Wall of Fame, right? Yeah. So Gilchrist was last year, 2017, and then 2015 was Lou Saban. 2014 was Van Miller. 2012 was Bill Polian. Okay. And then before that. Um, that most Bills fans would remember Phil Hansen um, was on the wall in 2011. 2011. Jeez, that was like, what, at least 10 years after he start, stopped playing. So it takes a little while then, normally. I mean, because you think about it, Fred isn't on the wall of fame yet. He's been retired. Well, he's only been retired since last season, really, technically. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot of great players that really <laughs> that have happened since Phil Hansen, if you think about it, right? Yeah, so, like, there's... I mean, you got guys like Eric Moulds, maybe. Um, Schobel was pretty good, yep. right? Yep. Cornel Bennett is a possibility. Yep. Ruben Brown. Um, one of the guys from the 60s, Butch Bird. Cornelius, Cornelius Bennett is not on the Wall of Fame? No, I don't believe so. Travesty, uh, travesty. I wonder if um, Daryl Talley is, right? He is, yeah. Jeez, oh, I'm surprised Cornelius Bennett is. But I guess, okay, so, so next question about that, then is, you know, can you remember the last time a Buffalo Bill left on his own terms like Kyle? I mean, if you think about it, he had 13 seasons all with the Bills, which is a feat in itself, right? I mean, when he left the game today, he wasn't, you know, limping off into the sunset like Payne Manning winning a Super Bowl with Denver, you know, with basically the defense won it and he was just there. You know, Kyle Williams is still playing at a decent level. This late into his career, I wouldn't say he's at his peak like he, you know, like 2011 Kyle Williams, but he's he's having a great season. I, you know, in, in all terms, it's for being a 35 year old. I mean, I do, I can't remember the last time a Bill left on his own terms like Kyle Williams. Can you? Like Fred Jackson didn't. Fred Jackson was cut after nine seasons, and and he played with, you know, the Seahawks, and then he ended up retiring last year. You know, after not being in the league for a season. You know, and then Aaron Schobel kind of was released not and then he kind of said he was retiring but then he worked out with the Texans and then he was just like now nah, I'm done you know it wasn't it was very unceremonious for a lot of bills like um like we were talking before the podcast like Jim Kelly right Jim Kelly retired but it had to do with injuries and his play had really declined it was kind of time for him to retire I mean I really can't remember a Buffalo Bill since since we've been watching retire on his own terms like Kyle Williams. Can you? No, it, it's been you know with free agency how how it is um, and what it's been since the early nineties. It's 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 going to be hard for something like that to happen. I think Steve Tasker had announced his retirement prior to his final game, and if you remember, I think that's the one where he got ejected because he accidentally bumped an official. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Good call there. Yep. Steve Tasker would probably be the last 
The last guy, you're right, we did know he was going to retire. He never played for another team. Wow. Good call on that one, John. But he, still, he did play for the Oilers before the Bills, so I don't know if that counts in your, um, I think it was the Oilers. Okay. He I played a couple of seasons for somebody else before Buffalo. Okay. Jeez, I didn't even know that. Wow. John, local historian on the podcast. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, but seriously, I mean, even so, and I think that was an away game. I want to say that was like in, in Green Bay or something like that. Like, it's just, it's just Kyle being able to retire in Buffalo, you know, at, at age 35, 13 seasons with the Bills. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, can't be enough said. We're going to get into Kyle Williams a lot more later, but like this is our Sunday recap podcast. So we're going to talk about, you know, this, the game that happened. Plus it's week 17. This is the last time we're going to be able to recap a game until September of next season. Um, so this is a good time just to get into our recap. Um, so I guess general thoughts going into the game. Um, this game didn't matter for either Buffalo or Miami, um, especially for the Bills, because the Bills could end the game. You know, they're five and ten going into the game. They could have ended the season six and ten or five and eleven. It didn't matter. The front office, the coaching staff, well, at least Sean McDermott will definitely be here next season. There's not a question of that. Whereas I guess for the Dolphins, we're still not sure if Adam Gase is going to get fired. As of the time that we're recording this podcast, he has not been fired. I know Todd Bowles has been fired from the New York Jets, which is whatever. I don't really care. But um, Adam Gase has not been fired. So I guess that's the only thing that mattered for the Miami Dolphins. Um, But I I thought the Bills had a great chance to win this game. And obviously they did. Um, The final score being 42-17 the Buffalo Bills over the Miami Dolphins. And uh, and yeah, let's go right into stats of the game. Um, stats of the game brought to you by your T-Public store. If you want to find some cool Bills uh, gear in the offseason, you can't find anywhere else on the internet, check tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And so as far as the stats of the game, I mean, all right, here's one for you, John. I got I got a quiz, quick, quick uh, stats of the game quiz for you. How many touchdowns did Josh Allen have today? See if you know this Bye. one. How many? Five. Nice. Nice. You are 100% correct. Isn't that crazy? Um, do you remember the last time a Buffalo Bills quarterback had five touchdowns, five total touchdowns? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking about that after the game. When, when was the last time any Bills player scored five touchdowns in a game? Jeez, I, I don't know. That's that's so unlikely. So that, that um, it's probably been a while. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. It's been a while since a quarterback or anyone scored four touchdowns, you know, one way or another. Josh Allen, 17 for 26, 224 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. There was that one very famous interception, the pick six we threw right at uh, Rashad Jones, I believe, Miami Dolphins um, corner or safety. And the guy ran it right back for a touchdown. Um, that was right before the half. Remember that? It was like within 15 seconds, the Bills. Um, had 14 unanswered points <laughs> against them by the Dolphins. They were up 14 nothing, and then right before half, they went 14-14. So um, luckily in the second half of the game, the Dolphins only scored three points, and the Bills um, scored another, what is it, three, four, four touchdowns. So, um, yeah, so uh, Josh Allen, rushing, leading rusher again for the Bills today. Nine carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. 10.6 yards per carry. Next leading rusher, Chris Ivory, 14 carries for 45 yards. And LaShawn McCoy had 10 carries for 26 yards. I I, I get this feeling um, more and more that they're just kind of, um, I know it's the last game of the season, so it doesn't matter, but that they've really tried to phase LaShawn McCoy out a little bit. Last couple of games, I know last game, 
Um, we didn't discuss this. We didn't do a recap of it. But last game, Sean McCoy did not start the game. He was benched um, by Sean McDermott for a character issue um, that we're not really sure what it was. Um, and we'll talk a lot more about LeSean McCoy and players in the offseason. Um, but it's it's just kind of interesting how he hasn't had a good season. I don't think he's looked nearly as explosive as he has as he had in previous seasons. I don't know if that's injuries or if age is really finally catching up with him. Did you notice that, John, at all? It just seemed weird that he wasn't getting the ball more. Because he's healthy. For all, for all that we know, he's healthy, right? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of chalking most of the season up to the offensive line play. Um, I don't know about phasing out. It's not like he's they've got somebody like waiting in the wings or anything. They don't really have much of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just very, it's just very questionable. Um, we're going to talk a lot about LeSean McCoy and his cap hit in the offseason and if they're going to keep him or if they should keep him. Um, so real quick programming note, um, on our podcast network and Buffalo Rumblings podcast network, Matt Rich Warren does a, uh, who is the editor in chief of buffalorumblings.com, does a weekly podcast called Q&A, um, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. And he talked a lot about um, LaShawn McCoy and the fact that, you know, he said exactly what you said, um, John, as far as he didn't know if it was the offensive line at first. I guess we all kind of chalked it up to the offensive line, but he was giving like yard per carry averages and like Chris Ivory has a higher yard per carry average. Um, Marcus Murphy has one and even Keith Ford does. So it's like, you know, as much as you want to blame LaShawn McCoy, um, or at least the offensive line, I think it actually might be LaShawn McCoy. Anyway, that's a, that's a, a topic for another issue or another podcast, but a leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills today, Zay Jones, six receptions, 93 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he looked like the Zay Jones of a few games ago before he caught the yips. And hopefully this is a good sign in general. I think this was a great sign for the bills to end the season on a good note. There are a lot of people out there that think momentum doesn't matter or doesn't carry over from season to season. And I agree to a point, but, um, hey man, ending the season with your offense scoring 42 points um, in a game, you know, which ends up being Kyle Williams' last game. I mean, I think that means a lot. I think that's better. If they had only scored three points, you'd be like, well, great. You know, now we're going to the offseason with this garbage. So I think it was important that they ended um, the season the way they did. Um, the next leading receiver was Chris Ivory, one reception for 46 yards, which was that amazing play where Josh Allen was scrambling all the way to the right. He happened to find um, Chris Ivory open, um, threw across his body, hit him open in stride. There was a lot of yards after catch, and uh, he basically ran it down to the one-yard line. Um, that was an amazing play. So um, as far as um, takeaways go, uh, the Bills uh, recovered two fumbles. Shaq Lawson and Levi, or I'm sorry, Shaq Lawson forced a fumble, and so did Levi Wallace. And uh, the fumble recoveries were by Trent Murphy and Jordan Phillips. Very important fumble recoveries. And then um, the interceptions, um, Tredavious White and Tremaine Edmonds both had interceptions in today's game. Both were great interceptions. The Bills had four takeaways on the game. The Miami Dolphins only had one. So now let's go into the Dolphins stats real quick. Um, Ryan Tannehill, 18 for 31, 147 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, it's very common. Ryan Tannehill has a terrible record against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Um, if you were if you were just an outsider, obviously, John, you and I are both Bills fans, but wouldn't you look at like today's game and look at both quarterbacks and be like, man, like if I had to choose between the two, I think I would choose Josh Allen all day, right? 
I would just based on, I mean, even like Tannehill's never played that well against Buffalo. Right. So, and has he played that well? Like where, where do you rank him? Like out of all the quarterbacks in the league? I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'd rank him. I should probably like, I don't know, bottom to middle of the pack, but I mean, he's been in this league for seven, seven years or so. This is, he's not going to get any better. I don't think guys like this at this point, their ceiling is, is ever going to reach a higher level. I think this is as good as he's going to get. And he's not that good. I wouldn't want him as my franchise quarterback. Yeah. And then you look at Josh Allen, like he's a rookie, he's going to make mistakes. And, but look, he's such a dynamic player. He can like run, he can pass, he can have a huge play at any given time. Definitely pick Allen, right? Absolutely. I mean, just talking ceiling wise, I think Allen has a much higher ceiling than Tannehill ever started off with or ever had. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. If I was if I was a, a Dolphins fan watching the Bills today, I'd be a little jealous. I'd be like, wow, we might have to start over again. And a coach with Adam Gase possibly getting fired and Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback, it's possible that they just, you know, give him the boot after this season. I don't know. We'll see. But um, the leading rusher of the game today was um, Kalen Balaj, 12 carries for 47 yards. And uh, Kenyon Drake right after that, 11 carries for 43 yards. The Bills did a great yeah, or a great job stopping the run. Um, nobody had over a four-yard per carry average, um, minus Ryan Tannehill, but he only had two carries. Um, leading receiver for the Dolphins, um, Kenyon Drake, five receptions, 52 yards. And, yeah, that's that's about all that's interesting from the Dolphins' standpoint. Um, just a just a great great game by the Bills defensively, offensively. Um, not so much special teams. Um, so before we get into plays of the game, uh, let's let's talk real quick about special teams since this is the last week we're going to talk about it um, as it relates to a game. But man, the the Bills special team just laid another complete egg today. So I'm going to talk about which plays that stood out to me from special teams that really just. Really just disappointing. And I don't know if we blame Danny Crossman or the team. I guess you can't not blame Danny Crossman. But um, the first play, I guess, that stuck out was Hauschka misses a 42-yard field goal short, which was, he must be dealing with an injury, right? Because this is not the Steven Hauschka that we know. I mean, how often does a field goal kicker in general miss a 42-yard field goal short, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's the one, like, what, house money, right? 50-plus yard field goals and this and that. Um, after that, um, he got hurt a few games ago. He does seem to be off. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's and that's and that might even be on coaching, too, to not let McDermott know, like, hey, um, Hauschka's dealing with a, an injury. If, if he has to kick it more than 40 yards, he can't do it. Like, that should be known as Sean McDermott, so he should be going for it or – Punting it, you know, or like another kicker in. What's that? Or bring in another kicker oh. while Hauschka deals with his injury. Exactly, exactly. They're bringing in punters every other week. Why can't they bring in a kicker, a new kicker or something? Just to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's that's that's bad coaching, and I I don't want to blame Stephen Hauschka because he actually has a history of success. Um, Danny Crossman does not have as great a history of success. Um, the other play that was pretty bad was Isaiah McKenzie. It was he. It was a punt return, I believe. Right? It was. I think it was in like in the second quarter, and basically he lets the punt hit the ground. It was a bad punt, and it bounces really high up in the air. And for some reason, Isaiah McKenzie tries to play hero. He lets the punt hit the ground, decides to to grab it in the air, and immediately, immediately gets leveled by three Dolphin special teamers. I mean, his special 
team's play in general has been pretty questionable. Um, and it's just these decisions. I mean, you and I were texting during the game. Like, why is he not taught? Like, just to let it go, right? That's got to be a coaching thing. That's got to be either he's not listening to coaching or it's just bad coaching. Yeah, he's done that before, too, where he, like, runs up, like, 30 yards to try to catch a return or something just instead of just letting it go, like, safely, right? Yeah. Or for catching it. Sometimes he doesn't fair catch it and gets drilled. <laughs> yeah. And then there was also the the um, Matt Dar, the Bills punter for today. I mean, he had a terrible game punting. Um, big surprise. He had three punts for an average of 37 yards. His longest was 44 yards. I mean, at one point, the first two punts that he had, none of them were over 40 yards. I'm just like, what is this? Is this bizarro world? Like, how is it that the Bills are struggling finding a guy that can punt over 40 yards. Like, what is this? It's it's like, so you know how we talk about, you know, special teams is one third of the game, right? And I'm just kind of like, well, they're a one third, but they're kind of a small one third. But man, when they're bad, like that, they become like a very important one third. You know what I mean? Like they, they're usually, usually like, it's like a very steep slope. Like you can have great, you either have like really great special teams and it really matters or like 90% of the teams like have like very average special teams. So they don't really swing the game one way or another. Usually they're just, they just are part of the game. And then like, you know, that 10% that's terrible, like they lose games for them. Luckily the bills were so good today that those didn't matter, but in a normal game, like where it's really close, like the last bills dolphins game, I mean the, the missed field goal, um, the McKenzie, you know, uh, punt return and then you know the the punts by Matt Dar I mean those could cost you a game and I mean we haven't heard anything at least yet and maybe by our next podcast next week we will but I mean it's possible that Danny Crossman gets fired between now and then um so yeah just a terrible game by the special teams I guess I'd have to say the play of the game though I mean there were a lot of great plays by the Bills offense um Josh Allen running for a couple of touchdowns, throwing for three touchdowns, obviously, were huge. Um, he's finding guys wide open, which is great. Um, I, You know, in talking with you, John, during the game, um, it's just so rare that we've had a quarterback that just seems to find these guys wide open where they can get so many yards after catch. I, I want to say that, you know, the, it's... It's just a rarity. It's been something we've mentioned before on the podcast this season. It's great to see. I'm just excited about it. If if this is something that Josh Allen can do with receivers and running backs that aren't of the highest caliber, but he's still finding them open and hitting them in stride, um, which again was a huge knock before the season during his draft profile was his um, accuracy. And I know he's thrown some obviously inaccurate balls, but I've been very pleased with his accuracy. Would you agree with that, John? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, specifically that that red zone touchdown pass. Um, that it it seems like a simple throw, but that's that's a big time throw. It's something that the Bills have lacked over the years. It's just great to see it. Um, but really, the the major play of the game, I think the one that is got the was the biggest controversial play of the game was when Josh Allen was running for a first down and he slid, which he didn't do all, all together today. Um, there were lots of times where he didn't slide, which kind of, as a Bills fan, kind of makes you pull your hair out because you want him to slide every time. Um, but this time he did, and Kiko Alonso just tried to spear him, just tried to take a running start um, at Josh Allen and just tried to spear him with his head as he was sliding. 
and he misses him just barely with his helmet, but then he kind of hits him with his leg on the way through, um, which, you know, kind of started a brawl from both sides of the bench. Jordan Mills ended up getting ejected. Obviously, Kiko Alonso ended up getting ejected. And then another player on the Dolphins, 94, whoever, who cares what his name is, got ejected. And uh, it was pretty crazy. That was a pretty heated moment as Bills fans as we're watching that. I believe it was the third quarter. And it's just, you know, Alonzo had been hitting hitting guys late. Ever since he's gone to the Dolphins, he's been hitting Bills players late, whether it's LaShawn McCoy or this season with Josh Allen. And I don't know if it was a matter of the fact that Josh Allen made him look silly the last time they played and was just running all over the place and Alonzo couldn't tackle him. Or if it's just really the piece of garbage that Kiko Alonso is as a player. Yeah, he's done that with other quarterbacks too. That Joe Flacco play most famously last year, where his helmet got knocked off. Yep. And uh, I think he, I think he hit Luck late also this year too. Yep. They show the Andrew, the hit on Andrew Luck. It's just like you know, it's funny, isn't that crazy? How how quick of a turn this guy can make? Because when he was here, man, you know, like he, he was, yeah, the legend of Kiko. I mean, we loved him. He was he was a guy that, you know, um, he played with fire, played with... I don't remember him being that kind of player even when he was here in Buffalo because I don't think as Bills fans... I mean, sure, we would have still cheered for him, but I don't think... I think we kind of have, you know, some sort of... I don't know. I think there's a morality within Bills fans a little bit to say, you know, I don't really appreciate him being, you know, dirty on that head. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't remember that being a thing when he was with the Bills. Remember uh, you texted me about that uh, the chick with the Kiko Alonso jersey? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I wonder how she's feeling. What, what, she, <laughs> the girl that went down and the guy in the parking lot. Was that in the video last year or something or a couple seasons ago <laughs> for the Kiko Alonso yeah, jersey? His rookie season, so. His rookie yeah. season, yeah. Maybe yeah. second year, something like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just funny. So, so it made me think of last season. I kind of started um, this piece of crap club that um, basically is its members include players that are just dirty freaking players against Buffalo Bills players, players that you obviously look at and you're just like, that guy's a piece of crap. Like there's, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Like you just don't appreciate them as a player or as a person or whatever. And I think like, so, so obvious members, of the piece of crap club, Brian Cox, right? Former Dolphin, former Jets. We're growing up, awful player, give the, giving the fans a double bird. He was just always got booed. He was a terrible, terrible player. Um, more recently, Richard Sherman, I put on that list because of his late hit on um, Richard, or, um, Dan, Richard, Dan Carpenter in that game against Seattle um, a couple of seasons ago. That really might have cost them the game because there was a play where. Um, Actually, the the play was called dead, and Dan Carpenter just kicked the ball anyway just to do it. And then Richard Sherman dove right into his knees on that play. I don't know. It's just a piece of crap move. He defended it, and it was just, I don't know, it made me really change my thought on the player himself. And then there was um, the always famous Jarvis Landry, right? Jarvis Landry is definitely part of the piece of crap club. He um, ended Aaron Williams' career. He's always been a dirty player against the Bills. He's always been taking lake shots. It's kind of like where Kiko Alonso um, kind of picked up where Jarvis Landry left off after being traded this season. And then I even put on uh, last season Rob Gronkowski. This is kind of how the piece of crap club came up is because of Rob Gronkowski's late hit on Tredavious White. And it wasn't even like a late hit like, oh, he was trying to tackle him and he kind of 
took a little bit of liberty and hit him anyway. Like he just kind of like stutter stepped and then just dove right into the back of his head. Remember that? And just I don't know. I don't know. So I so I, I'm thinking about adding Kiko Lonzo to the piece of crap club. What do you think about that, John? Sounds good to me, Nate. <laughs> so we got Brian Cox, uh, Richard Sherman, Rob Gronkowski, Jarvis Landry, and Kiko Lonzo. Kiko Lonzo, welcome to the club. <laughs> so that was probably the most controversial play of the game. There were lots of other um, great plays, probably. Actually, so that was an interesting play, but I think the play of the game has got to be the Josh Allen pass to Kyle Williams for nine yards. The pass where we all thought he was going to run in another touchdown when they got down to the one-yard line in the first quarter, but it ended up being a Josh Allen sneak. Gives the ball to Kyle Williams to spike the ball um, for the touchdown. Um, but this play was really cool. I'm glad they drew it up. He caught the ball. He had some open fields, you know, tried to stiff arm a Miami defensive player and got a nine-yard gain. Um, that, for me, has to be the play of the game. What do you think about that, John? That was that was pretty sweet. Um, I, I I wonder if they they told Allen not to throw it as hard as he can, like he usually does, so that Williams could actually catch it. <laughs> take a little take a little mustard off this one, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, definitely. <laughs> He'd have to. Um, that's funny. So normally we go into our wall of famer and uh, wall of shamer for today's game. Let's go into our wall of famer. Um, for today's game, my mine has to go to um, Tremaine Edmonds, um, ending his rookie season with a really good game. Um, he had eleven tackles, eleven solo tackles, one assist. He had one sack, one tackle for loss, and uh, one interception. It was just a great way to end the season for Tremaine Edmonds in his rookie season. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do um, next season with one more year under his belt. Um, he really had a, an impressive rookie campaign and, you know, just imagine, I mean, this is our linebacker duo for sure. Next season, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, those guys are, um, just, I don't know. They, these guys could be all pro linebackers at some point, um, both of them. And if the bills start winning, I think they're going to get a lot more national recognition more than they're getting now, which is, I want to say next to none besides pro football focus, which continues to give these guys like really high grades. Um, so I gave my wall of famer for today's game, John, who, who's on your wall of fame? Josh Allen, five touchdowns. I feel like that. I, I can't. I wish I knew when the last time that, that that's happened. I know Kelly's done it. Bledsoe, I don't know. Maybe Bledsoe. <laughs> but yeah, that in two thousand two, he had a really he had like five thousand yards in eight or something like that, close to it. Yeah. Um, with molds and, but um, yeah, five touchdowns. That's that's incredible. Like through this whole drought, like the uh, offense has been terrible. And to have a player that can do that, he, he gets he gets the uh, wall of famer for me. That's great, isn't? I, I I can't think of a quarterback the Bills have had um, before Josh Allen that I've liked as much as Josh Allen. Just in the way that he's played, not even in his play on the field, although his play's been progressively getting better and better. Just he just seems like a likable guy, and you know the Thad Brown, I believe, showed a, a video on. Twitter of him like last last game against the Patriots, you know, um, giving a high five to everyone, every single teammate coming out of the tunnel, you know, before the game. I mean, he just seems like even at 22, he's such a young guy. He's a rookie. He just seems like a leader already. And not only like some guys try to play that part and and be that part, but um, 
they don't necessarily get the buy-in from the locker room, but doesn't it seem like this locker room, this team really buys into Josh Allen being their leader and quarterback? Yeah, definitely. I I think um I think he's definitely his locker room. I think I think this and he just seems so likable. I mean, I, I don't know. I know that there was a lot going on with the tweets before the draft and whatever, but I I don't know, man. He's likable. He just seems like a likable kid. And, you know, I hope he stays on that path. He's showing promise. We don't know for sure yet if he's a franchise quarterback. It's so early. But, I mean, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to think he might be, which is more than we've had in a long, long time. <laughs> so, okay, Wall of Famer we already gave. So, John, who is on your Wall of Shame for today's Week 17 win against the Dolphins? Uh, Danny Crossman, for <laughs> reasons that have already been mentioned. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's ever been that good, but he's made it through a bunch of different um, head coaches for the Bills. So I, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why he's still on. He made it through Marone, Rex Ryan, and now I don't know. It's not like he's good. It's not like he's like Bobby Aprils. You know, it's like I can understand that guy keeping through every single coaching staff or whatever, but not Danny Crossman. I, I don't understand. I understand, and I. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, same for me. So my wall of shamer is definitely Danny Crossman, which I feel like it's been like three of like the last five weeks or something. It's been pretty rough. Um, but, yeah, so, all right, man. So so we did our quick game recap. Um, it was a little bit longer than I wanted to. I really wanted to get into Kyle Williams and our tribute to Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams this week announced that he was going to retire. He's uh, the 13-year vet is officially hanging up his cleat, cleats after today's game. Um, and after playing, you know, every single game, all with the Bills, 13 seasons, all with the Bills, which is just incredible. 183 games, 103 tackles for loss, 48 and a half sacks, four f- forced fumbles, one interception, one rushing touchdown, um, uh, one reception for nine yards, um, five Pro Bowls, six fumble recoveries, 387 solo tackles, and one All-Pro selection. I mean, the guy is... A legend. And you know, I, I kind of tweeted this earlier this week. If you guys aren't following us on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter um, at CTW Pod. That's at Circling the Wagons Pod. And I I don't know. It's just, it's weird. You know, you think about um, when things like this happen and, you know, someone or something that's kind of been a part of your life for the last 13 years and it's kind of all of a sudden gone, you kind of start to think about what your life was like 13 years ago and how much different it has and how much Kyle Williams has been like steady and the same throughout that whole time. You know, it's just like you think about 13 years ago for us, like we we're kind of new out of college, you know, and this and that starting careers and jobs and all that stuff. And now where we are, we're in, you know, our thirties and it's just kind of just how much has changed in your life, my life different. It's just, it's just kind of crazy. And every single time, you know, um, you know, Kyle Williams just, you know, he brought his lunch pail to work and just, he just, I don't know, just incredible player for the Bills. What do you think, um, John, what do you, is there anything that you want to say just in general about Kyle Williams before we start talking about anything more specific? I think it's, I think it just speaks volumes about his character that he never took plays off the whole time and there were some really low points during his career in Buffalo um it didn't matter if they were out of the playoffs or what he just always played hard and he always played well um 
was it, you were mentioning some some stats over his thirteen year, seasons. Here, here's one for you: five general managers, seven head coaches, seven defensive coordinators. Um, a bonus stat: fourteen starting quarterbacks during that time. Wow! Um, and he he just played. He didn't complain even when they changed him from four three to a three four or whatever it was. I, the guy just and he and he succeeded. He succeeded at, at everything. You know, he just. He's like the definition of, in my opinion, like of Buffalo, of a Buffalo Bill player. I mean, you know, he came into the league as a fifth round draft pick. Um, and you remember that was the same in 2006. That was the same season that they drafted John McCargo in the first round. Remember? And um, and we were all Did thinking for McCargo, too. Yeah, they traded up for McCargo. You're right. You're right. I forgot who they traded with, but yeah, because Dante Whitner was their first pick that season, and uh, John McCargo was their second pick. And the defensive tackle was a huge need. I remember that specifically. And and then you know you were like, okay, John McCargo is going to be the next guy. He's going to be this you know defensive tackle we're going to rely on for years to come. And lo and behold, it's this fifth round pick, you know, out of LSU, Kyle Williams. Which you're like, okay, well, defensive tackle is a need. We need depth, right? So this guy's going to be a great depth player and he's a starter by a second season. And I mean, the rest is history. John McCargo been out of the league pretty much for the last 10 years. And, and meanwhile, Kyle Williams is, has been playing at a high level, you know, even since then. Um, he was just, I don't know. He, he embodied everything about Buffalo as like a bills player in the fact that like he was an underdog I, I mean, based on where he was drafted. He wasn't even that amazing in college. And, but and so like you would think just from, an overview, he shouldn't have played 13 seasons in the NFL at such a high level when he entered the NFL. But, you know, he had such a blue-collar attitude. He has a, a, he had a lunch pail mentality. He had an unquestioned work ethic and just his character on and off the field. You know, I mean, you see these pictures and images of him, and I just feel like he's just not only like a great person, a great father, a great husband. You know, he, he's just like something that you would want your children to be like, That's that's what I want you to look at for a role model, you know, so many, you know, NFL players or athletes or Bills players or whatever that you're just like, "Ah, I don't really know about that guy. But I think Kyle Williams was just that, that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You said, yeah, you hit it right on the head. So what's your, what's your favorite memory of Kyle Williams over the last 13 seasons? I mean, defensive tackle isn't really a, one of those positions where it's like, oh yeah, you know, he scored that 90 yard bomb or whatever, you know, it's not one of those positions where there's easily like, you know, 10 plays a week where you can just pull from. But, um, I mean, in your opinion, what's your, what's your favorite Kyle Williams memory? Honestly, it's probably the touchdown he scored last year against Miami. Um, it, you know, helped him get into the playoffs. Um, and, and just like that whole day, like you see that scene in the locker room afterwards with, um, after the Bengals won the game and, um, they're, they're showing Kyle Williams there and his kids and, and all that in the locker room. And it's just, like such a great day, such a great moment. Yeah. You know, I'd have to agree with you, John. I think I, not so much the touchdown run, although that was really sweet, but that same game when they're in the locker room and they're watching the game and you see that they know that they're making the playoffs and him, you know, letting his emotions loose and holding his children. And, you know, you think of the drought and, you know, we haven't, we don't talk about it a lot anymore because it's over. Thank God. <laughs> but, before that, I mean, who did you put a face on for the drought? I mean, because you wanted the players to make the playoffs, but who was the number one player that you wanted to make the playoffs, you know, for the drought? It was Kyle Williams. I mean, Kyle Williams was 
was there throughout all of the, like you mentioned, John, you had those great stats of all the GMs and coaches and defensive coordinators and quarterbacks he had been through. He'd seen it all. And if anyone deserved that playoff game, it was Kyle Williams. And I remember not only being happy as a Bills fan for you and me and everyone else out there, all the Bills Mafia members, but being happy for Kyle. You know, we we wanted Kyle to to experience that. And I'm really glad he did. I know this season, you know, 6-10, and 10, obviously they didn't make the playoffs. Um, but I'm really happy that he made that one last, um, that, that playoff appearance that, um, I didn't know for sure if he'd ever get, you know, and, and he did it. So I, I put on this, I posted on Twitter again at CTW pod, um, you know, what's your favorite Kyle Williams memory. And, um, so I'm going to read some of these off. Um, some of these we, we mentioned already, um, last year, um, at hard trade last year, the video from the locker room where they found out. They made the playoffs. His man tears brought man tears to my eyes too. I will miss him. Um, T. Was, um, and yeah, I'm just going to give the names. It's kind of hard to, to do some of the Twitter handles. Um, but T. Was wrote um, that he was drafted in the fifth round and John McCargo was drafted in the first round. It's a good memory. Here's an interesting fact um, about Kyle Williams that I shared on Twitter yesterday. The fifth round pick that the Bills used on the 2006 NFL draft to select Kyle Williams the um, 134th pick overall was obtained from the Houston Texans in the Eric Molds trade. So Eric Molds, we can thank him for that. Thank him for Kyle Williams. Um, Connor tweets out uh, the video of him celebrating with his sons in the locker room as the Bengals scored to break the drought for sure. Um, I am legend tweeted. Um, he shows basically just a gif of the Kyle Williams uh, touchdown celebration where he, he drops the ball and everyone just kind of falls backwards. All the offensive line will fall backwards if it's an explosion. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, Karina O'Rourke tweeted, I'm watching him take down Brady at Monday Night Football in October. It was a personal highlight. She tweeted out a picture of Kyle Williams. Even though it wasn't a sack, he just drills Brady at Monday Night Football and just brought him down the ground. Um um, Cody Miller tweeted his interception. I was like, what, which one was that the one of the, against the Chicago bears a few years ago? And he wrote back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only one, <laughs> which it is the only one. He only had one interception, <laughs> but it was against the Chicago bears a few years ago in the home opener. Um, Christopher tweeted at us, um, watching the clip of when the bills clinched a playoff spot after the 17 year playoff drought is up there, but has to be the TD run for me and possibly him tossing Manziel 10 yards back. <laughs> so that was a good one. I had forgotten about that one. Um, kicking Brandon C tweeted kicking ass for 13 straight years in a bill's uniform. Um, alphabet soup tweeted all of them, which is a good one. That's true. Every single memory of Kyle Williams, you know, just like a general memory of him. I mean, how many times do we see like, him just getting off the ball really quickly and just darting through the offensive line. I feel like he's just done that so many times in his career. You know, um, Jerry Jones tweeted his emotion in the locker room after making the playoffs um, with the Bengals win. Um, th this To this point, what I just mentioned, Mark Van, La Van Landingham tweeted, um, every time he employed that supernatural get-off when the ball was snapped, I mean, he was just, I, I don't know how he did it. He just, <laughs> he was just did it. I mean, I haven't seen it so much in recent in recent you know, memory, but it was just crazy. It was just crazy how he could do that. Um, T Mac tweeted when he made Johnny Manziel his bitch, <laughs> kind of like what we, what we had mentioned. And I, and I wrote, I think I was like, I think, um, 
didn't Kyle Williams do the money sign after that? Like, I think he did. I couldn't find any yeah. gifts or videos of it. Did he do that? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the first time Manziel actually got some real action. He threw a touchdown, gave the money sign to the fans in Buffalo. And then, like, like the next possession, Kyle Williams just freaking just didn't even tackle him. He just pushed him right down. And he fumbled it into the end zone for a safety, I believe it was. So, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, And then, yeah. um. A lot of other people mentioned his touchdown run and everything like that. So um, thanks to everyone that um, that posted that on Twitter. Actually, after this, the outro music to this podcast is going to be by um, um, at Believe um, eighty eight. She had this really great song um, about Kyle Williams as she sang on Twitter. I want to share it with everyone that listens to the podcast. It's kind of like the the um, outro music to. It's a little bit different than what we normally do, but it was that good. It was that creative. Um, um, not a big Adele fan. John, are you a big Adele fan? Um, I don't really listen to her. She's got a really good voice though. Yeah, oh, amazing voice. Amazing voice. Her songs are okay. They're hit or miss for me, but, um, I don't particularly like this song, um, that, um, that she's covering that, um, I believe 88 is covering the original song, but the version that she does that I believe 88 does is unbelievable. You guys have to listen to it. It gave me goosebumps when I heard it. And I think it's really a great way to send off Kyle Williams, um, in this tribute edition podcast. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know who will emerge as a leader for the bills with Kyle retiring. I mean, I'm guessing it's hope I'm hoping it's, you know, a Josh Allen or, or someone like that. I mean, it's, I, I guess they're just big shoes to fill. You know what I mean, John? It's just, I, it's hard to think about, I don't know. It's, it's too, it's too soon. Try not to get choked up over here. Right. But I mean, it's just like the guy just retired. It's sad. Um, I, Glad that he was here for at least this season with Edmonds and Phillips and some of those those guys to kind of you know have a little bit of that mentorship before he left. Absolutely, so they can see firsthand what a true professional and a true you know athlete and leader does off the field and on the field for sure, for sure. And if you listened, I don't know if you saw this, John. Um, There's a video of Harrison Phillips being asked about Kyle Williams. Um, retiring and every it's funny kind of funny because um everyone basically said this is like baby kyle right so he was a defensive tackle you know you know similar stats height and, and weight and you know he's just like got that you know great work ethic that everyone always said kyle has had that he has had and and even this season like he was getting choked up talking about it that you know in that short time kyle williams has made that great of an impact on these players, these rookies like, like Harrison Phillips. And it's funny. Cause we all, you know, we all say that in Bill's mafia, like, Oh, he's like baby Kyle, but you don't know if he's actually going to be that guy, you know, like you just kind of hope that he's going to take over for him and he's going to be the same guy that, that Kyle Williams was, but to see that it actually is that way that he thinks of him in that manner. I don't know. It's kind of incredible. That speaks volumes to the kind of player and leader that Kyle Williams is, you know? It's, it's just it's just something that I, I don't know. I'm glad I'm glad that we were able to see it as Bills fans and and kind of enjoy it and watch it for 13 years. You know, it's 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 going to be very different next season with him. No matter what, we'll be excited. It'll be a new season, a new team for the Bills. They're going to make a lot of free agent acquisitions. A lot of people are going to be released. They're going to be traded, and we're going to draft a lot of new players. I mean, players are going to come and go, but I feel like Kyle Williams will 
always have a special place in all of our hearts as Bills fans. And I know, John, you and I went to the last Bills Hall of Fame um, induction um, ceremony when Andre Reid went in like five years ago. Um, I always talked about doing it again if the Bills have another player that gets in. I know it's going to be a while. I don't know if Kyle gets in, but man, I think that I think we should make that trip out there to Canton if he if he ends up getting that gold jacket in five years or whenever whenever it happens, you know. Don't count on Steve Tasker. He should be in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might get in there, man. I don't know. We might be there going there sooner than later, but but yeah, man. So um, so just gonna end the podcast with this. Um, as far as our podcast goes, we're going to be doing um, a series of podcasts up to the Super Bowl, uh, where we're going to talk with some people. We're going to do some interviews. We're going to do some locker room clean out stuff, just kind of get the off season off on the right foot all the way up to the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about some playoff games and stuff like that. And just some general bills topics. Um, just a quick programming note. Um, the blitzed bills podcast has, has joined as part of, the um, Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Um, it's a great podcast. It's really funny. Those guys do a great job um, talking bills, talking pop culture, and stuff like that. And then you also have, you know, uh, Matt Warren's, um, the editor in chief of BuffaloRumblings.com's Q and A segment, which he does every week. Also, that's great if you're a Bills fan and you enjoy um, just you know listening to questions. I know even though we talk Bills every Sunday on the recap. And we discuss everything having to do week to week. I mean, he's just got so much insight. And if you think about it, um, just in general, like media members, people who um, eat, you know, drink, breathe, sleep, bills. I mean, Matt's got to be one of the most connected people um, in the industry when it comes to that. So he has lots of thoughts. And, you know, you start listening to him and he just he just has some things that, you know, I, I just start to tend to agree with um, just over and over again. So so that's great. And obviously you have us every Sunday, um, Sunday night, Monday morning for a recap and just general podcast throughout the season. So, um, yeah, kind of crazy. This is our last our last season, our last game of the season uh, sign-off, John. Um, so kind of crazy. So to end week 17, John, signing off. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? And for me, Nate, go Bills. Thank you guys all for listening this season. Keep subscribing, keep listening, keep downloading. Leave us a comment if you can or a review on Apple Podcasts. We definitely appreciate that. And uh, and I'm going to leave it now with um, At Believe 88's um, great song about Kyle Williams. We all love you, Kyle. We hope nothing but the best for you. And um, we hope you stick around Buffalo and we see you from time to time. Thanks, guys. Didn't
hiding, but we tried to pray it away, tried to deny it. We hope you see our face and that you be reminded for our team it isn't over. Never will we find a tackle like you. Sometimes it hurts instead. Sometimes the one we love decides that it's time to quit. Yeah. We love you, Kyle. Thanks for all the memories and great seasons. And we'll see you around and on the ball soon. Go Bills. We love you. 95. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.